It takes more than a decision to catch up on Advent of Code tomorrow to be a great software engineer. This is episode 337 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we talk about all the non-technical things that go into the technical field of software development. Dave, are you an Advent of Coder? No. This is the furthest I've ever gotten, and I'll just leave it to your imagination how far that is, but not very far. Is it a daily thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a daily thing. There's like two problems each day. Oh, cool. And they're fun. They're very well written. There's always a theme to them. I think this year's theme is something to do with elves, like helping them pack. Mm. And I've never finished. Nice. Apparently there's a leaderboard and I was reading about it and some people get the solution in in like single digit minutes, which is how long it takes me to read the problem wow. the first time and not understand it and have to read it a bunch more times well they're using chat gpt i uh (laughs) there have been people that have done that wow apparently it didn't give correct solutions after the first couple days but there was someone that made an interpreter for their own programming language that they created that didn't have an interpreter yet and used chat gpt to run code that they would write in their language which is cool what they fed so they fed ChatGPT a description of their language and said like, here I don't know here's a language here here's how it works execute this code in this language. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's really cool. It is super cool. That's really really cool. It's kind of scary to think like, who knows if it got it. Well, I guess you know if it got it right in these questions because it tells you. I don't know. I feel about. AI in 2022, how I felt about Bitcoin and crypto in 2015, which is like, there sure are a lot of people that don't know very much about this saying, put all of your money in this thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm a little skeptical, but there are some cool st- things happening. Very interesting. This isn't at all what the show is yeah, about. No, we got, we got pretty far out of, out of plan. <sighs> yeah. Let's talk about patrons. Okay. Dave, do you want to thank them? Absolutely. I'd like to thank those that are contributing at the level that gives them a weekly shout-out. They are Valentina Datafold, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser-Logue, Kent C. Dodds, Memester Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Chartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Lanfuer, Puelguin, Koshakton, Ohio, Patreon.com.au, We're Hiring, Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Oladapafadi, Will Angel, Ganarar, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Compilator with a K dot SE, Cody Sale, Nick Cantor, and Philip John Basile. If you'd like to join this crew, go to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. Any dollar amount of contribution will get you access to our Slack community. And if you pay enough that it makes Jameson jump from his chair, then we will add you to the list of things we say every week on the show. I'm not even in a chair right now. <laughs> So you'd have to, it'd have to be a lot to make me jump from my chair while not being in it. It'd have to make me first sit down out of shock and then jump again. That's a tall order. Residual shock. That's a, that's a tall order. But I think I could come up with a number, though, <laughs> that would do it. We really appreciate it. it. It helps support the show, helps keep it going, helps pay for the cost of putting this out. Mm-hmm. And trying to think of some outrageous purchase that it might fund for you helps fund your your research into motorcycle shoes your passion that someday will exist and by motorcycle shoes i mean shoes that are motorcycles so you, <laughs> they're like okay. wheelies but powered 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 heelys you know so 
you want that to be in the world. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, should I read our first question? Yes, go for it. Okay, this is from an anonymous listener who says, I am a mid-level engineer with about five years of experience, one year at my current company. My team has recently hired a new principal engineer, and I'm wondering how I can help the principal engineer. There is, as always, some organization-specific context that I am familiar with, and the principal engineer is not. As a mid-level IC, I am not used to being a repository of knowledge for engineers that are many roles above me and have only ever been on a team that hired engineers at my skill level or below. Are there general tips on how to provide help for someone who has much more experience than I do? Hmm. Oh, that's a great, this is a great question. So you're an individual contributor and there are people who rely on your expertise, but who are more senior than you. And this is like a, a bit of a conundrum. Did I read that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're, you're used to helping out folks at your same or lower experience levels. Right. I have some real suggestions. I don't have any funny suggestions. Oh, I talked about lame. I said like stupid. Yeah, I said my <laughs> dumb ramblings no one cares about about AI already. I feel like I've used up my <laughs> quick something funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course there's always there's always the mode where maybe you have ambitions to uh become this principal engineer. In which case, hmm. the strategy is feed the principal engineer incorrect information mm. to the point that they make irredeemable mistakes and then take the job there's a range a narrow a narrow pathway to walk there because if you feed them incorrect information that is harmful enough as a principal engineer they could potentially kill your company <laughs> by, <laughs> by like they're supposed to be working on big important impactful right, company-wide right. depending on the scale of the org things so you have to make it useless not harmful i guess mm-hmm so that's the that's the range. So harmful only to that person's career. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you don't want to do that though. That sounds I there shady. have to be people that think that way out there. But boy, I would hate to work with them. Yeah, I think what I would do is pause a lot to make sure I am answering the questions they are interested in. I feel like there's two. There's two modes that you might be answering questions here. One mode could be like, I want a very broad lay of the land. So maybe you're sprinkling in some extra detail and going on some tangents or kind of ranging wide. Uh, but that's useful because uh, that will help the principal engineer know like, oh, you, you mentioned the, I don't know, the access system. I didn't even know that thing existed or that it had a name. So that's, mm -hmm. that's cool. That's like extra stuff to add mm -hmm. that I can dig into later. And then another mode is to answer specific questions about uh, kind of narrowly focused things. And I think it would be useful to check which mode the questions are being, what, what kind of answer the principal engineer wants. Yes. Like do they, if, if they want a really broad overview and you're going into like the detailed history of Git blame on this module that <laughs> has some. And then like the, in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never believe what style they implemented here. Yeah. Guess what kind of white space they chose. Yeah. <laughs> we call this the tab era from 2008 <laughs> to 2010. Yeah. It was a silly time. <laughs> it It is very challenging when you're providing answers to people who are more senior than you to understand the context within which those answers make sense and not get into the mode of just giving them more and more information. 
you know? Yeah. And I say that being on the other side, on the receiving end of this, I often find myself having to say, okay, stop. You've gone too deep. <laughs> Let's come back. And I had kind of a, I don't care about that thing you're talking about. I mean, I love you and I think you're great. <laughs> I care. Listen, I care about you. Right. But the information and you're someday sharing. Someday I want to hear more about this thing. <laughs> Not today. Right now. Exactly. And so uh, I often have to be like, okay, stop, pause. I'm, look, I've only got 20 minutes <laughs> and then I've got a whole day full of meetings and I got 20 minutes to get this information. So I'm going to have to stop you and, and ask this. So I really like your suggestion to, to make sure you're asking what they want and then pause frequently to say, am I on the right track? It's almost like you're in a job interview, you know, like getting yeah. feedback from the interviewer. It's it's interesting because now that I'm talking about this, I feel like this could be a good approach to use at folks of, of all different kinds of skill levels as well. It's not like it would be bad, but you might have a stronger idea of like, here's what this person needs if it's someone at or below your skill level, where, yeah, like like you said, you want to check in more often. I, I received a compliment one time from my boss that was like, you know so much context and I felt really good. And then as in all things, I found a way to interpret that into something negative where it was like, wait a minute. You're oversharing. I'm re- wait a minute. Yeah, hang on. Was that just them telling me that I need to shut up and get to the point yeah. more? I feel that pain of like, I'm so proud of all the stuff I know, right? Like yeah. I, I worked hard to, I don't know, understand all the gnarly inner details of this thing that I poked at. Yeah. For one. Like you worked hard to get that information. I'm going to share it with everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you'll be excited too. I just know you will be, so I'll share it. I was in this situation maybe a year ago where I had put a ton of analysis into a decision we needed to make as a business. I was in a VP of engineering position, and I was presenting my decision to the rest of the executive team. And I got to a point where I said, okay, here's part of the decision, and I explained it. And then I said to the executive team, you may be wondering why I did this and not that. And my CEO just raised his hand and said, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I realized I had overshared. His loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, too bad for you. Yep. You missed all the (laughs) great jokes that I put behind this pathway, this tangent. The reason why, by the way, Jameson, like, why I love your suggestion so much to pause and ask if you're on the right track is because most people, myself somewhat included, are polite enough to let you just go and ramble, Mm -hmm. even if you're just completely off the path of what they need to know about. And Mm -hmm. so you're really, at that point, when you start doing that to someone, you're just wasting your breath because it's like, okay, not only have you moved into a territory I don't care about, but I don't have enough context to follow all the things you're talking about now and you mm-hmm. lost me. So this is just like words bouncing off my skull, you know, for the next yeah. five minutes. So you don't want to do that in the same way that you wouldn't want to just talk to an empty wall, you know? So yeah. it's a really good idea to pause and be like, is this the kind of info you're looking for? It's great. Yeah. If the person you're talking to is polite, then they start doing this arithmetic in their head of like, what is the cost of me interrupting yes. this person and saying, I don't care about what you're saying right now? Yes. <laughs> is it is it worth the pain that that will inflict on our relationship? That's right. And, you, you think yeah. that they're, they're just sitting there soaking up all this wonderful information, but uh-huh. really they're going, okay, should I interrupt them now? Now I'm going to give yeah. it one more minute. Should, oh, do I have enough relational goodwill with this person? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You see the tears rolling down their cheeks and you think, oh, I've, I've reached them. They understand and really it's them. Like, 
I'm dying. <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> I'm going to die in this Zoom. <laughs> I think it's a really valuable skill to learn how to summarize. One of the things I love to do as an engineer is write post-mortem incident reports. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the temptation is to write every piece of information you can find about what went wrong. You know, it's like right yeah. before the server failed, I noticed that the hibiscus in the corner was facing northeast, which was unusual, but I'm noting it here for completeness, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so understanding your audience and just throwing away information that they don't care about is really, really an important skill. And I don't know any other way to do it than by practicing. And so I would suggest that when you're in a situation like this, where you need to share a bunch of information, at the end, instead of saying, do you have any feedback for me? You can say, hey, can you tell me which part of this information was the most valuable to you? Like, what was the takeaway? Because a lot of times these people, what they're actually trying to do is form a cohesive narrative about what happened or what exists rather than understanding every detail so that they can synthesize like you have. Yeah. So help them shortcut to the narrative. Yeah. Because that's what you're for. You have all the details. Mm -hmm. I do that on the opposite end a lot where I try to summarize what I think the narrative was supposed to be that I was picking up. And I should keep track of how often it seems like I get it right. But it's it's pretty often that I'm not right, that I feel like, oh, yeah, I got it. I totally got it. You 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 meant to say this thing. And they're like, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> or, or sometimes it's like, yeah, good job. Like, here's what I actually meant, you know? <laughs> right, right. Oh, you learned something. Uh, Yeah, I like that. Well, have we answered the question? I, I have one more idea, which is, you are in the business of information conveyance here. And, you know, if we learned anything from the internet with TCP, it is that when information has been conveyed, you need the receiver to reply to confirm that the information has been received. And so not everyone will have the, not every like receiver of this information will have the the wisdom to stop at the end and say, I'm going to say back to you what I think I heard. And you tell me mm. if it's right or wrong. And so you can proactively elicit that by at the end saying, okay, I just shared a lot of information with you. Tell me what was your takeaway. And the reason this is important is, especially if you're talking to someone up the org chart, like in this case, a principal engineer, the reason that's important is because you need to know what the narrative is that they're going to carry forward. Because it could shape your future in a strong way that you're not prepared to handle, you know, or that's wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so if they walk away with the wrong narrative or the wrong summary, you need to correct that before the conversation ends. Because putting that genie back in the bottle, painful and time-consuming. That's a great point. You you might think you just told them a story of epic struggle and triumph, and their takeaway is like, "Wow, they sure suck at their job and <laughs> took forever to do <laughs> this exactly. trivial thing." And probably they're not going to say that. No, here's my takeaway: you're bad at your job, but you know, like, yeah, you might be able to pick something up. Yeah, yeah. You could try setting this expectation at the beginning of the question answering session by saying there'll be a quiz so pay attention <laughs> yes yeah and then you quiz them <laughs> look before every conversation beforehand just prepare a 10 question multiple choice quiz <laughs> and then proctor the quiz <laughs> then you get to do everyone's favorite thing proctor yes. what a good verb <laughs> proctor <laughs> and gamble proctor in time Oh, yes. <laughs> um, 
now we've answered it surely do you, okay. want, do you want to read our next question dave yes here we go this comes from an anonymous listener who says i have been in the industry for 5.5 years and have had five managers <laughs> my newest one let's call them s has been my manager for four months our communication is terrible we do not understand each other, and I am usually left feeling like I missed something or I am not interpreting his question correctly. I literally have told him, I am not sure what you want me to say because that is better than WTF. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up crying in a meeting because I was so frustrated and confused. I know and trust my teammates. This is only the second time in my career where I just did not get along well with someone. The meeting was supposed to be some feedback for him and me, some career development, and some goals for 2023. It ended up with him giving lots of examples of technical deficiencies, the fact that I am unable to work independently, which is not true. I ask more senior engineers for help. The fact that I gave I give him pushback, no duh, why at this point? He even said I was careless because I made some silly copy-paste errors in my code, which we all do and is human. Side note, he does not code. He just sometimes asks questions on PRs or gives nits. <laughs> I do not know what to do. His manager, Jay, used to be my manager. Should I talk to Jay about my issues since he knows both of us well? Or do I go to my manager with, what, with ways that I sh would prefer our one-on-ones to go and how I personally like to get feedback? Do I ask for a new manager? I know he says he wants me to succeed, but nothing in the last four months has made me feel like that is true. I am a young woman in engineering, and I have never felt less trusted by a coworker. Especially the fact that I cried makes me feel like I may have lost more credibility with him. What do I do? Please help. I love my team. I just hate my manager. Oh, rough one. Yeah, that sucks. I'm not sure what you want me to say, because that is better than WTF. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of as is traditional, questions that have no answers here. I wonder why there's this manager switch from J. J is the previous manager. Yep. Current skip. S is the current manager. So maybe there was some organizational growth. Maybe J was great and got promoted or, or something. Maybe S is a first-time manager. That's what this sounds like to me. It does sound like that. Yeah, the meeting was supposed to be some feedback for him and me. That's classic. Let's have a meeting where we can discuss feedback for each other. And yes. there's this list of grievances. I prepared 15 concerns. Has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent four days preparing. What do you have to... Oh, oh, nothing? Okay. Well, let me let me share my stuff. Then. Okay. Yeah. I'll just... Got it. I'll use the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's no fun. Careless because I made some silly copy-paste errors in my code. Whomst among us. He does not code. He sometimes asks questions on PRs or gives nits. That's how I give feedback on PRs now as a manager too. So that one has me questioning myself. I'm like, Ugh. nits though, really, Jameson? I bet you don't. I don't say nit like I have this. Now, now I'm now I'm doubly questioning myself. I use the word nit to mean like, feel free to totally ignore this thing. Ah. This is not like a major concern. This is like a, I don't know if this if this touches you deeply, then explore it. But you see, unfortunately, the word nit was prefaced by your name which has the yeah. title manager on it, which means That's not true. knit. <laughs> Do not ignore. I have put not knits before. So I hope that the fact that I am explicit about when I care enough to block things or make changes means it's clear. But yeah, there is definitely some implicit stuff being communicated by the, by the organizational structure. Positional authority carries a lot of weight with some people. Yeah. I have come to appreciate that. Not everyone, but some. And boy, I don't know, managers giving nits like, oh, you forgot to indent this. I'm glad to know my manager's keeping an eye on my indentation. 
sounded like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Okay, well, now I'm going to go find a pull request that had a knit and see if I'm being annoying or not. But, well, not now. I'll do it later. Do it later. I'll just and... think about that at night when I'm trying right. to fall asleep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that, should, that should help. That'll solve it. <laughs> so what do you... What do you suggest for the question asker? Well, I mean, when when a manager goes to the effort to give a litany of concerns like this, I'm concerned that this manager has lost trust and mm-hmm. isn't really looking for ways to coach you to improvement or success, but yeah. is just kind of dumping problems on you. If the meeting was sat, went something like this instead, like, hey, I have a list of concerns and I have... I have crafted those concerns into proactive actions that you can take that I think will help you level up. That's a very different tone than here are seven things you did wrong over the last six, four months or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I worry about this relationship and I'm not sure there's much, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what could be done to salvage it. So I spent many hours of my life reading this book called Thanks for the Feedback that is about pulling useful feedback out of difficult situations like this. And I'm scrambling, trying to remember like, wait, what did that book say? Quick, what's <laughs> what's something from there? There's, there's a section in there about feedback that is difficult to hear because of the listener, or sorry, not the listener, the, the relationship that you have with the person delivering the feedback. And sometimes that can make it so that feedback that is useful or helpful for you, you reject because like in this situation, you you don't like your manager, right? So like stuff they say is clearly dumb and wrong and I'm going to... One of the things you might do is spend some time thinking about, separate from your frustrations with the communication style of this manager, are there useful things to pull out of this feedback? It was delivered poorly. You have legitimate concerns with the relationship. But for example, unable to work independently. You might disagree with the conclusion there, but is there some... Is there some input to that? Like, I don't know. Did someone complain to your manager to say, yeah. like, this person won't stop bugging me? Mm-hmm. Can't get my work done. Or I don't know. I, I, I'm probably just planting evil thoughts in your head, <laughs> which is not my intention here. But, but like, this would not repair the relationship with your manager, but it might help you take some useful growth out of this uh, less than useful feedback. Because uh, part of your manager's job is to evaluate you and give feedback. Even if it was done poorly you could still improve yourself in some way if you if you examine it and try to see is there something useful or real here despite our relationship maybe maybe or you could just you could just say wtf try that yeah or that that is much shorter <laughs> you've been holding back for a while so jay was your previous manager right it's possible that jay was like oh i really like this person and also i have a hard time giving critical feedback so like maybe this is all stuff jay thought before and just never yeah. said and now s has said it tactlessly and unhelpfully but like yeah maybe there's something there maybe maybe but i don't know this is a situation where i would i would actually be tempted to go over the head of my manager to my former manager Mm -hmm. and i would probably even couch it as hey look we had a great working relationship i could use some advice on how to handle a situation and as always with these things i like to approach them from a from a perspective of growth and mm, what's the word like positivity rather than complaining and negativity and blaming blame finding uh, surely there there is negativity here and there is blame to be had but the purpose of this conversation is not that the purpose is i need some concrete techniques 
that you can provide to me to help me work better with this person. Let me help me make the best out of this situation, even though our personalities probably don't really jive very well. Yeah. This will have the surreptitiously intended effect <laughs> of making <laughs> your skip level manager aware of some strong negative feedback that you have about your manager. Because that's where that needs to go. Because guess whose responsibility it is for your manager to execute their job really well? It's your skip level manager's job. And it's actually very hard for your skip level manager to get direct feedback on their direct reports, except from people like you, you know, like they don't yeah. know how you, how they interact with your team and maybe you're not the only one. So I think it would be worthwhile to go in and ask for some advice and coaching on this situation. And uh, I have no idea what you'll learn, but you, one of the things you might learn is that, yeah, your manager actually is kind of struggling and doesn't know what to do and needs some help and need some guidance, and maybe need some correction, too, to kind of rein it in, because this is this is a pretty inappropriate and not very helpful behavior, I think. What about the suggestion the listener asked or, or made about, like, do I go into our one-on-ones? Do, do, I, do I try and give some direction of, here's, here's how I want to receive feedback, or here's how I'd like our one-on-ones to go? I don't... I, given the history here with these examples, I don't think that would... I don't think that would work very well. Yeah. You know, where this person is just dumping problems on you and negative observations. If you were to go back and say, well, I prefer for you to tell me about this stuff this way. I think they're going to be like, I don't even know what that means. Now I'm just going to add this to my list of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> now it's eight things. Yeah, exactly. It tells me how to do my job. I don't, I don't see that being fruitful. I do feel like there's a decision here on whether to engage with the feedback or not. And by engage with the feedback, I mean work to try to understand what your manager is saying and and like improve their opinion of you or of of your skills in this way or like provide or defend yourself against it you yeah because because the suggestions I gave earlier were about engaging with it and trying to pull meaning and useful things out of it but depending on I mean this Man, I'm just being a bummer in this question. This could be your manager preparing to put you on a performance improvement right. plan, which is preparing to fire you in right. most cases. It could be. Usually there's like a strong warning ahead of time. Uh, not always, but but sometimes. And you you could try to like turn around their impression of you by working to understand why the impression is the way it is and, and changing that. Or you could try to say like, nah, you're wrong. Here's all the evidence of, of why. Um, and those feel very different. Those are two techniques to try to achieve a, a perception shift in your manager's mind. I have a third mm -hmm. technique that I think might be more effective. So I believe that your manager doesn't trust you. And who do they trust? Well, probably some of your other team members. And so mm -hmm. one technique I've used in the past is if I've done something and my team members have said, wow, way to go, Dave, this is really great. I will, in that moment, I will say, thank you so much. Hey, would you mind dropping a message to our manager just to let them know that I did this great thing and what you thought was great about it? And if you can get a few of those done before the next time you have one of these grievance sessions, you might find that your manager's perception shifts, not because you told them to shift and not because you adapted your style or changed your way of working, but because mm -hmm. they got new data points from uh, trusted sources. Hmm. I like that. That uh, is also much more helpful than where I thought you were going, which is quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Talking to your coworkers might be another way to check to see if there's something to this. Yes, right. You don't Agreed. have to say like, 
would you believe what our jerk boss said about me? But more yep. check, like, I recently heard that I I could stand to work more independently. What do you think about that? Do you yeah, think I, yeah. like, I don't know. This is awesome. And I, I only, I'm only nodding my head on this one because the question asker specifically says, I, I like and trust my teammates. Yeah, yeah. And I know them. And For I'm like, sure. yeah, then you can go to them. And, and I would ask exactly that question. And I, I might even say, I lost my train of thought. Well, that wouldn't be very helpful to say. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. <laughs> but it's, it, you're right. It doesn't help. <laughs> Contrary to what it's I read never, in that business book. It's never once helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's what I was going to say. Um, go to one of your team members and say, hey, I trust you and I'd like to get some help on a situation. I got some mm. constructive feedback that I that X, Y, and Z. You know, can you help me understand why this perception may have come from? And, uh, you know, do you agree with it? And what could what do you think I could do to to improve here? You know, and this is good for you. So just in, in the same way that I'm suggesting have your team members deliver positive feedback to your manager on your behalf, this mm -hmm. is a good way for you to double check your manager's feedback to you. Because yeah. it's possible that your team members go, nah, that doesn't make sense to me. In which case, you can feel confident that your manager is just wrong. And you can choose to ignore yeah. that feedback and find a way to fight it. Or you might find your, your team members who you trust say, yeah, I can see that, you know, and uh, see if they'll help you through it. At which point, you know, yeah. you know, you need to actually invest in this. Yeah. You said you should go to your manager's manager, who was your previous manager. And I agree with that. I think if you can avoid making it a situation where they have to choose between, take sides between you and your manager, that is a lot easier to do. Yeah. It, like if, if you're trying to like set up a battle, that'll make your boss's boss life worse. Harder, right. And it'll be your fault in your boss's boss's <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah, kind of indirectly. I mean, it's, yeah. You're the if, messenger. If your boss's boss can help you without you saying like, get him, you know, like yeah. that'll be a lot easier. So I, I think what you said about asking for coaching and, and not making it like a choose which of us you you will side with but if you can get your boss's boss to understand you are competent but you you're having this struggle then they can help without making it like pick who you're gonna punish yeah and, and give me things i can do rather than saying here's what i want yeah. you to do to my manager yeah but i would go to your teammates before your boss's boss yeah i don't think you want to go straight to your boss's boss that that feels like an escalation a little bit yeah and it's a lot better of a story to tell your boss's boss too of like here's what I did about it already and here's yeah, yeah. like here's here's how I've tried to pull something valuable out of this situation this isn't just me coming to you to complain about it well have we answered the question i think so good luck it's a it's a challenging dynamic mm -hmm. it's always frustrating when you are in a conflict with someone who is in a power dynamic where they have power over your life you know instead of on yeah. equal footing and I definitely sense there may be some bias going on here that For will sure. just complicate things even more. But it would be very interesting to find out if your teammates come back and say, oh, yeah, our boss says all that same crap to me. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they don't, though, then that'll also be very revealing. Yeah. I think the question asker mentioned, do I switch teams? And it would suck to have to leave a team that you love. Mm -hmm. But boy, is it miserable to have a manager you, you really don't yes. get along with. I feel like it's 
my life has been much worse with a, a teammates that I really like and a manager I really don't like than another arrangement where like I really like my manager and there's some teammates I I struggle yeah. with, you know. Yeah, it's an outsized impact. Oh, yeah. it's Dave's law. What's that? Uh remember I think you wrote it down something about outsized impact because of relation uh power dynamic something or other. Oh. I I've clearly yeah. I've been working on the elevator pitch, can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did write that down and I can't remember where I wrote it. <laughs> Oh, oh no. I'm going to I'm going to find it. Okay, please do. Oh, found it. What is it? Well, you wrote down when there are power differences, innocent behavior can out- have outsized impact. And I wrote down okay. power imbalances cause otherwise innocuous behaviors to have outsized negative psychological effects. And that's Jameson's law where yeah. the, <laughs> the same reboarded. law gets interpreted two different <laughs> ways. Got it. Okay. Well, I think the question is answered. Yeah. I agree with Dave that this sounds unpleasant, and I'm sorry you have to deal with it. And I would only do this for a month or two before I'm looking for another place to work or another team. Yeah. All right. Well, what should folks do if they would like their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button. Thank you so much to everyone who clicks that button and fills out the form every single week. We carefully track with detailed analytics on who does and doesn't fill out the form completely. I'm just kidding. We just look at the results. Thank you so much. And uh, please keep those questions coming because they keep the show going. You know, you wanted to thank our listeners who click the button and fill it out. And I want to wag my finger at the listeners who just click the button <laughs> yeah. and say, shame on you. <laughs> fill that out. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate the questions. We appreciate all of your participation because it helps us think. And thinking is fun to do. <laughs> yeah. That's the slogan of our children's TV show spinoff. <laughs> and the show is called Jameson's Law. It's a weird name, but Soft it's a great show. Soft skills for kids. <laughs> All right. We will catch you next week.